Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, Mr. News, hit it. Next on the Ledger Report, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for a second declaration of independence, one that removes us from government tyranny and a federal Leviathan out of control. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. A time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Ram Ledger. Vote for constitutional candidates. People who will stop the assault on religious liberty. When in the course of human events, it has become necessary for one people to do the right thing. I don't need the government telling me what lunch to eat. What toilet to flush. I don't need the government telling me to drive an electric car. Forcing me to buy health insurance. I don't need government giving guns rights to the drug lords. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Lower taxes. Less government, more jobs. No more ballooning deficits. A strong military. Reagan principles. Vote for liberty or tyranny. Stop tape. That is an excerpt from a video that I produced in 2012 called Voices Without a Vote. This was a time when most of America didn't know who Graham Ledger was and maybe didn't care. Uh, Now, a lot of America, not all, certainly, but a certain chunk of America understands who and what Graham Ledger is. And some of that is thanks to the 45th president of the United States. You know, as my career and my voice has grown and blossomed and matured, frankly, um, it kind of has paralleled with the political ascension of Donald J. Trump. And I owe the 45th president of the United States a debt of gratitude. And, Mr. President, whatever you are going to endeavor upon over these next two to four years or maybe even beyond, uh, I support you, and if there's a role for me in it, I would love to play a part. Voices Without a Vote featured these young people that you just heard. They were 13, 14, 15, 16 years old at the time. This was 2012, just before the 2012 election. This video, by the way, on YouTube has approximately 1.3 million hits on it. And if you look at some of the comments from years ago, um, it's unfortunate. You know, there, there are a lot of comments that said, hey, this is a wonderful video. Of course, are the negative ones. And we, we owe it to this generation, these, these voices without a vote because they're not old enough to vote, uh, to put in constitutionalists and conservatives in Washington, D.C. And I think it helped. 
Uh, it didn't help defeat Barack Obama, obviously. But then again, we had this candidate running against him by the name of Mitt Romney, who shot himself in the foot at every chance and who failed to confront the Marxists in the White House, said he was a nice guy. Well, anybody who's destroying my republic and my liberty is not a nice guy, Mr. Romney. And you should have called a spade a spade, but you didn't. You didn't have the guts or there's something wrong with you. I don't want to waste my time on Mitt Romney. But the bottom line is we let these kids down. And that's what some of the comments are saying. Now, I would wager my house that all of them voted for President Trump in 2016 if they were at that point old enough to vote. And I would imagine they probably all did in 2020. Um, And so this is a predicate to what we have to start discussing now. And I'm going to start broaching what we need to do. We have a lot of work to do. It's a time when we're going to have to roll up our sleeves. And the reason why I use that chunk of Voices Without a Vote, it's a video that's uh, almost four minutes long. It stars my daughter, by the way. Uh, She has a non-speaking role in it. She was only about 13 at the time. Um, So if you want to look it up, it's Voices Without a Vote uh, on YouTube. Um, Because of the mention, the the one-liner there of the Declaration of Independence, in my estimation, it is time for those of us who are constitutionalists, those of us who care about liberty, those of us who care about freedom, those of us who care about the United States Constitution, those of us who care about separation of powers, those of us who care about our federalist system, I believe it's time for us to band together, not under the Republican Party, but as Americans, under a system that exists in the United States Constitution, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, we need to band together to declare our independence of government tyranny and this federal leviathan that has spun out of control, a.k.a. the swamp. Donald Trump rode into the White House in 2016 saying he would drain the swamp and I tried to argue, yes, I support him 100%. And I didn't go very deep down this rabbit hole during his four years because I did support in so many, on so many levels virtually everything this president did. But he can't do it alone. He can't overhaul Washington, D.C. As we saw over these four years, there were roadblocks at every corner every day to the 45th president of the United States. And so it is much more to do than one man can handle, or even a singular political party, if a political party had the guts, which we know that the modern Republican Party does not have the guts. That's very clear. And we'll speak to that as well. But the voices without a vote kind of frames what we have to start discussing. And that is, we have a constitutional republic that is clearly off the constitutional rails. And so what I like to do in situations like this is to go back to our founding documents and look at them and reread them and study them and then apply them to today. So indulge me for a moment as we look back at the Declaration of Independence, just the preamble, which is arguably the most important 
part. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And it goes on. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Rights is capitalized, of course. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem the most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So there are some major themes here, some groundbreaking themes in terms of humanity and and declaring a people free, if you will, and what free people should be allowed to do under God. The consent of the governed is in here. The laws of nature, natural law, endowed by our Creator. All men are created equal. These are heavy-duty themes for 1776, and they're just as important today. But the line that I think that we need to focus on in the Declaration of Independence is this one. It is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, it being government, and to institute new government. And so the Declaration of Independence from 1776 listed 27 uh, grievances. But it's this right to alter. And of course, the Declaration says abolish, and that's what they were doing. They were abolishing any ties to King George and, and Great Britain. I want to be clear about something here. I'm not talking about seceding from the Union. I'm not talking about beginning a civil war. I'm talking about working within the framework of our founding documents. And it's important to remember, we don't just have a Constitution, but we do have this Declaration of Independence. Because the Declaration of Independence is the roadmap to the Constitution. The Declaration of Independence goes places in general form where the United States Constitution does not. And so, as I've been noodling on the events of the past month, month and a half, and for that matter, for many, many years now, I've been asking myself, what do we do? How do we, how do we fix this? Well, in my mind... We need a second Declaration of Independence. We, that would be, you want to call them red states, red cities, red counties, need to 
band together. I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or Independent. matters not. This is about your Constitution. This is about your country. This is about your liberty. We need to band together now and establish a second Declaration of Independence from the tyranny that has clearly consumed government and beyond government into the fourth branch of government, what I call the fourth branch of government, the federal leviathan, the non-elected swamp, and certain elements of states' governments and certain local governments. For example, you know, you have a... I don't have to quote many examples at the federal level. You, you can <laughs> talk about your own, you know. Uh, the, the the entire Mueller investigation, the the uh, the weaponizing of the Obama administration to spy on the Trump uh, the incoming Trump administration and candidate Donald Trump. But the state level, look no further, <coughs> excuse me, than California, of major constitutional issues, both at the federal and state level constitutional issues, and zoom in a little bit more into the county and city of L.A., where constitutional rights are being slaughtered as we speak, as we speak. And life, liberty, and happiness is absolutely being slaughtered. So it is the right of the people to alter or abolish, in this case I'm talking about alter, it being government, and institute new government. This is what we need. This is what we have to do. This is the first and only thing that we probably should be focused on in 2021 and 2022 and beyond. Now, there's going to be an argument to focus on a political party because clearly the Republican Party has left us. The Republican Party left me many, many years ago. And so uh, we're wandering through the valley of the shadow of death, but we will fear no evil. And we will take control of our political destination at some point. I'm, I'm certain it's going to happen. And I'm hopeful that it's not within the confines of the Republican Party. The establishment Republican Party, George Will and company, the Wall Street Journal, can go have fun, do whatever the hell they want. Patriotic, constitutional Americans are going to do our own thing. I don't know exactly how it's shaping up to be yet, but it's one of the things I'm trying to help formulate. January 6th, was an important day, a 2021, on the calendar for this republic because it exposed a lot of things. This is not because of the nutcases that went in the Capitol. You know, I don't want to waste a lot of time on that. We know what happened there. I think the uh, ralliers were set up and some went in there. And unfortunately, Allie got shot. And uh, we need to do all that we do in her memory. She wasn't a marauder. She was a Trump supporter who got caught up in the, in the spirit of, Hey, let's take a look inside the Capitol. She wasn't destroying anything yet. Her life was destroyed. It is absolutely abominable, outrageous. So we got to declare a second declaration of independence. We have to fix the federal Leviathan. We have to fix certain States in particular. We have to fix California, whether you folks in Texas or Florida realize it or not. You've got to help fix California because otherwise the cancer is going to spread to you. And 
tertiarily not as important, but it is important that we've got to deal with the Republican Party. And so on January 6th, while folks were stopping the steal in Washington, D.C., I was in Los Angeles and I was giving my interpretation of where we go from here. And remember, this is an audience in Los Angeles, so it's California residents. It uh, doesn't mean I dumbed it down or anything, but I spoke in particular to the audience. I always like to speak to my audience, but I think it's something that you should hear. And then I will go into my list of 27 grievances against the current federal government. So I want to take you to January 6th, 2021, on the steps of City Hall in Los Angeles, California, where the Stop the Steal rally was being held among thousands and thousands of patriots. And here's old Grammy firing up the crowd, but doing so with a purpose. It's 15 minutes long. Stick with me and then come on back and we'll go through where we go from here. Roll tape. Let me see some signs. That one's upside down. Keep the republic. Keep the republic. You, you folks, remember, when people say we're a democracy, we're not. We are a republic. We are a constitutional or representative republic. Remember that. Latinos for Trump. Here's, here's what happened, and my good Cuban, my Cubana friend over here will tell you what happened in Florida. We can duplicate here in California. I firmly believe that. If we can convince, and I hate to categorize people. I look at you as an American, not a Latina. I'm sorry. I consider myself an honorary Latino, though, even though I'm of Italian heritage. If we can harness the Latin vote, the Mexican, the Venezuelan, the Cubana, all these votes in California, we can turn California red again. It can become Reagan country again. Save America. There's another placard. I have a plan for that. We've got to fix California. We've got to fix the federal government. And I'll tell you one more thing, ladies and gentlemen. After what we're witnessing in Washington, D.C., and what we witnessed last night in Georgia, we've got to either fix or leave the Republican Party. I'm sorry, it's over. That's right. The Republican Party has abandoned Donald Trump. Yes. Look at old turkey neck himself, Mitch McConnell, right? Well, we can't do anything about it. The people have spoken. Nonsense. Who's got a vote fraud sign I can read here? Joe Biden will never become president. Well, we can only pray, and the pastor's correct. We can only pray that that's the case. And we've got to pray for these members of Congress to get a backbone, a constitutional backbone, because they can prevent Joe Biden from being president. Trump won the election, uphold our vote. This is one of the things that we have to fix. But do you trust Mitt Romney to fix this? How about a hell no? All right. I don't like to say this, but it's something that I've been thinking about long and hard now for many years. We're at war, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't declare this war. We didn't declare war on the Japanese in 1941. They hit us. The modern Democrat Party, the radicals in the modern Democrat Party, have declared war on us. This is a cultural war. They're attacking our culture. They're trying to tell us that George Washington was bad and James Madison was bad 
and George Mason was bad? Are you kidding me? These people risked their lives for this country and this republic. But they're also after our God. And they are removing God from every facet of our society. So what do we do about this? Do we keep electing Lisa Murkowski to the United States Senate? Huh? Do we keep doing? We are defining, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we're defining insanity, right? Here we are. We've got the strength. We've got the power. I want you to remember what's in your gut right now. What is in your gut right now? It's a fire burning, right? right? It's a fire. I want you to remember this feeling and I want you to harness it because it's going to be a bumpy ride. But we can do this. There's a constitutional way to fight this war. And then there's a hyper-constitutional way. The hyper way is frankly what our forefathers did. They resorted to what they had to do. And that is a revolutionary war. Well, in my opinion, I think it's time for a second declaration of independence. We need to declare ourselves independent from these radicals like Gavin Newsom in Sacramento. We need to reject when they attack our liberty. We need to reject when they attack our First Amendment. When the city of Los Angeles tells you that we can't gather, that is a wholesale attack on the First Amendment of the United States. When the county of Los Angeles says you can't go to church, that is a fundamental attack on the First Amendment and your First Amendment rights. Where does it give Gavin Newsom the authority to tell us not to gather? It doesn't. In fact, exactly the opposite exists in the First Amendment, our right to assemble. Where does it give Gavin Newsom or Pritzker in Illinois or Cuomo in New York, or Murphy in New Jersey, or Wolf in Pennsylvania, or that nutcase Whitmer in Michigan, where does it give them authority to say you can't travel? The framers of the Constitution knew that in order to assemble, we had the inherent right to travel. It's not written in the Constitution anywhere. It's implied in the Constitution. They can not tell you not to travel and not to assemble, we must reject that in the second declaration of independence. We need to reject the mask. No mask! No mask! No mask! No mask! I'll tell you one more thing about masks. A mask is a compliance check. And if you want to wear a mask, lady, down there in the fourth row, you want to wear a mask, that's fine. That's your constitutional right. But I'm not going to wear a mask, and I suggest to you that when you walk into Costco, and you walk into Walmart now, and they say, where's your mask? And the Karen walks up to you and says, where's your mask? You know what you say to them? I had the vaccine. Prove I didn't, Walmart. Do it. It feels so good. The other day I walked into Vaughn's, no mask, walked right up, bought what I wanted, went out, and then people looked at me, oh, like he's, ooh, he's radioactive. What's he doing? I'm simply exercising my constitutional right. Okay, so this burn I'm talking about and this second declaration of independence, this is not just hyperbole here. I have a roadmap, I have a plan. 
and I would like you to continue with me from this day forward because I hope and pray, and I, I have prayed a lot for Donald Trump, and I hope and pray that these people do get a constitutional backbone, but I'm not so sure. So these next two to four years are going to be challenging for us. So we have a choice of continuing to define insanity and doing the same thing, expecting a different result, or we can focus on three areas, in my opinion. Number one, at the federal level. The framers of the Constitution gave us two ways to amend the Constitution. One has been done 27 times, 27 amendments to the Constitution, okay? The other one, under Article 5 of the Constitution, has never been tried. It's called a Convention of the States. I'm not going to get into the weeds on this, but do your homework. A Convention of the States triggered by Article 5. Go to conventionofthestates.com. You will see that now 14 states have signed on to this. 16 states are now considering it. We need, per the Constitution, 33 states to trigger an Article 5 Convention of the States. Okay, so Graham, what would you do, what kind of amendments would you do to the Constitution if you had an Article 5 Convention of the States? Well, let me tell you. How about term limits? That's number one on my list. Imagine, no more Nancy Pelosi. How about a balanced budget amendment? Do you know our national debt is now triggering near $28 trillion and our unfunded liability is $200 plus trillion? My daughters, we may not have to pay for that, but my daughter will. And it is abominable that this is taking place in our country. So second for me would be a balanced budget amendment. But how about we fix the electoral mess that took place in 2020? How about we have an amendment to the Constitution that requires mandatory voter ID, that requires an election day, not month, that requires polls closed at 8 o'clock, local time, closed, and that's it, 801, sorry, you're bye-bye. And finally, Gavin Newsom, if you want to do mail-in ballot, we used to call it absentee, fine, but you got to get it notarized and prove who you are. There is a simple solution. So please be with me. You know, Ben Franklin said, the American people will uphold the United States Constitution. He said this in 1787, until they choose a despotic government over liberty. Well, we're there, folks. Too many of our neighbors are choosing despotic government over liberty. So this is the solution at the federal level. At the state level, yes, recall Gavin, of course. But we need some structural changes. And on my website, GrahamLedger.com, I have Fix California. I propose, similar to what we do at the federal level, we use the California Constitution in order to affect structural, permanent changes to the California Constitution. The California Constitution has been amended 500 times, which is crazy, but that means the threshold is relatively low, as Mike Netter knows. It is a task to get 1.5, 2 million signatures, but it can be done. Permanent structural changes to the state of California so you do not have a dictatorial governor in Sacramento. And if you do, the people at the local level would have recourse. How important have the counties become during this government response to the pandemic, so-called? Very important. So that's my plan. You devolve power from Sacramento and you give it to the local level, which makes it very important that we start seeding the local governments 
with good constitutionalists. The hell with the Republican Party. They need to be constitutionalists. And that brings me to my third point. The Republican Party is gone. I'm sorry, it's gone. And I have some good friends who think that we can fix it. I don't think it's fixable. And so we need to start thinking deep and hard about where we want to, who do we want to rally behind? What do we want to rally behind? Do we still want to rally behind the, the Republican establishment that tells us don't vote Trump? George Will, who says Donald Trump is a cancer? Gavin Newsom's the cancer. Donald Trump tried his best to put this country back on the constitutional rails. So my suggestion to you, all due respect to my good friends, and there are a lot of good people in the Republican Party, and we need to filter those people out and move them wherever we choose. Maybe it's the Libertarian Party. I don't know. But this is something we're going to have to consider deep and hard. Because remember what Ronald Reagan said. Liberty is only a generation from extinction. Ladies and gentlemen, we are that generation. And we're staring at the extinction abyss, abyss right now of liberty in this country. So please, if you would, follow me and we will attempt to fix this. Because in my estimation, we've attempted numerous times through the Tea Party. What did they do to us when we, we formed our Tea Party group? They laughed at us. They sidelined us. Even though we gave them majorities in Congress, they stabbed us in the back. We can't let that happen anymore, ladies and gentlemen. We can't let that happen. All right. I had one last thing to say. Antifa? What about Antifa? We don't need Antifa. What we need, and by the way, I don't want no stinking $2,000 stimulus check. I want freedom and I want liberty. I want to be able to go to my restaurant. I want to be able to go to my gym. And as a Catholic, I am ashamed of the Catholic Church for capitulating to these nonsensical anti-constitutional governors. It needs to end. The Catholic Church, 60 million Catholics in this country. 60 million Catholics. We could have stopped this government response to the pandemic in its tracks. It is shameful, and you need to let the Catholic Church know how disappointed you are. In World War II, the Catholic priests did what they could to stand up to tyranny. Unfortunately, the Catholic Church here in this country is capitulating to tyranny, and we need to let them know it's a mistake. And, finally, as Patrick Henry said, Remember this burn, because Patrick Henry said it best. We're in this moment again, and I think Patrick Henry would agree. Give me liberty, or give me death. And I would rather die from the Wuhan coronavirus than capitulate to radicals who are attempting to steal my constitutional rights. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. God bless you. God bless the United States, and God bless Donald Trump over these next four years. One more thing. We won. We won. We won. We won. We won. We won. We won.
Thank you, Graham. Thank you for coming out and being a part of the wild protest. All right, side note to that speech. It was going on right around the time where the breach of the Capitol happened. We didn't really know what was going on. We were getting some a little bit of word about what the president said, and that was about it. Um, and again, that's to a California crowd, okay? Um, speaking to you now as a national uh, audience. So the second declaration of independence, in my mind, has three parts to it. One is the list of grievances, uh, a la our forefathers. And then two is the remedy. We identify the remedy. And um, I have a plan for that. It's not my original plan. Actually, it was given to us by the framers of the Constitution in Article 5 of the Constitution. And then we have the method to achieve this second declaration of independence, if you will. Um, so now I want to focus on the, uh, on the grievances. So this is my preamble. It's just truncated, uh, but uh, bear with me. Grievances against the members of the elected and appointed branches of federal government. Grievances against certain anti-constitutional state and local governments. Grievances against the elements of the mainstream press and big tech mainstream media, social media. Grievances against elements of the federal courts and the so-called fourth branch of government, the federal bureaucracy, all non-elected elements, departments, and agencies not delineated in the United States Constitution. I include the press in there, by the way, because they are colluding with these elements of government. So you can't separate, in my mind, you can't separate the two. So as we go to war, and, and make no mistake about it, I mentioned it in the speech, I mentioned it again today, they declared war on us. We didn't declare war on them. They have declared war on our country, on our republic, on our constitution, on our liberty and freedom. And so we have a choice. We can do nothing or we can fight back. And I'm fighting back. Back to the preamble that I wrote. Elements of all the above are guilty of attacks on this constitutional republic and its founding documents, which are fundamental and foundational in protecting liberty for all U.S. citizens. And then I list my grievances. Excuse me, this is on my uh, other computer, so I have to pause for a moment here. Uh, a, letter A, abuse of Article 1, Section 2, the power of impeachment. Do I really need to explain that one? What Donald Trump was put through? You know, somebody once said during, um, I guess it was during the potential impeachment of George W. Bush, when people were throwing that around nonsensically, right, uh, that, that impeachment is political. It's not political. It's constitutional. And these politicians, temporary as they are, weaponized a constitutional process and they should be held accountable. B, abuse of Article 1, Section 4. These are all the Constitution, of course. Article 1, Section 4, the power to prescribe electors by state legislature. Now, there are some, there is some built-in redundancy here in terms of these violations, and I'll, I'll get to this in a minute where the redundancy is, but again, this doesn't need a hell of a lot of explanation, does it? When we look at these states, we don't even know what took place in California, but we're going to find out. It was probably worse than Georgia and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Arizona. Probably worse. Probably worse. Uh, 
C, abuse of Article 1, Section 9, violations and misrepresentations of the emoluments clause. Isn't it interesting that the Democrats accuse Donald Trump of the very thing that Joe Biden is guilty of? Joe Biden is guilty of violating the emoluments clause. And they attempted to weaponize that as well in federal court, which was ridiculous. The remedy for the emoluments clause should be handled not in courts, shouldn't be relief in courts, should be handled on Capitol Hill by the Congress. D, abuse of Article 2, Section 1, the power to prescribe electors to the state by the state legislature. Again, here's the redundancy, because in the Constitution there's a bit of uh, built-in redundancy. E, abuse of Article 2, Section 2, advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties by the president. Think back to uh, Barack Obama. When he just unilaterally said, hey, I'm going to make this deal with Iran. Clear violation of the Constitution. And old Mitch McConnell didn't do anything about it. Mitch McConnell is an absolute joke. Right along with Mitt Romney. F. Abuse and or dereliction of duty of Article 3, Section 1. The Congress presiding over inferior courts to the Supreme Court. Now this is important. A lot of people don't even understand this. But in the Constitution, the only court that was established was the Supreme Court. And so all the lower courts are under the jurisdiction of the United States Congress. So when you have rogue lower federal courts and rogue lower federal justices, it's not only the job but the duty of the Congress to rein them in. It's not being done. G, abuse of Article 3, Section 3, treason, aiding the enemy. Well, we know what Hillary Clinton did, pay to play. We know about the Biden crime family, similar kind of scheme. They're getting rich while they're aiding the enemy. Clear abuse of Article 3, Section 3. H, abuse of Article 4, Section 4. The guarantee to protect each state from invasion and domestic violence. Now think about just this past summer in 2020. Did the federal government do its job? Did the Congress do its job under Article 4, Section 4? Protect us from domestic violence? Are you kidding me? It's right there. It's right there, Nancy. You're appalled at what happened in the Capitol? What happened all summer long? You didn't do your job. And of course, the invasion that's been ongoing at the southern border. And what Joe Biden might do to the wall that's been built. Hmm? Or might he do something similar that Barack Obama did, where he pulled border agents off the border? And then I get a little more granular here. This is the Bill of Rights that's under fundamental and systemic, sustained attack. Article 1, attacks on the First Amendment, or this is my number one, limiting free speech. I don't have to go into grave detail here because you can fill in your own examples and you have countless examples to choose from. Limiting the right to petition government. Limiting assembly. Think California. Think New York. Think Illinois. You have constitutional people who still live in these states. They need to be part of the second Declaration of Independence. 
Even if you live in a blue state, in a blue county, in a blue city, if you are a constitutionalist, you too can be part of this Declaration of Independence Part 2. My number two attacks on the Second Amendment. Again, we could be here all day talking about the attacks, the incoming president, so-called, the president-elect, office of the president-elect, says day one he's going to attack and try and dismantle the NRA. It's unbelievable. The NRA is me. The NRA is you. You attack an organization like that, you're attacking Americans. Number three, attacks on the Fourth Amendment, unreasonable search and seizure. And I'm not talking necessarily police here. I'm talking unelected members of the fourth branch of government, a.k.a. the federal Leviathan, who have been given police power. Where is that in the Constitution? Number four, attacks on the Fifth Amendment, lack of due process, these poor businesses in New York being crushed by a dictatorial tyrannical governor where is the due process where is the protection and it happens at the federal level uh, as well number five attack on the sixth amendment no right to confront witnesses against the accused number six attacks on the twelfth amendment and article two section one corrupting the franchise again this is the redundancy of that it's the state legislatures in charge of choosing electors. Number seven, attacks on the 14th Amendment, depriving life, liberty, and prosperity, clearly, depriving equal protection under the law. We are replete with examples of that, and the latest on the national level being equal protection of people voting. And this is why, in my opinion, Texas did have standing with its lawsuit that the justices refused to hear because it violated the 14th Amendment. What Pennsylvania did corrupted Texas's vote, allowing non-citizens not under the jurisdiction of the United States to be counted as citizens. This is the so-called birthright citizenship. The 14th Amendment does not allow a woman from Guatemala to steal across our border and have a baby and call that baby a U.S. citizen. That's not the way the 14th Amendment reads because that woman from Guatemala is under the jurisdiction of what country, ladies and gentlemen? Answer my question, Nancy Pelosi. Answer my question, Chuck Schumer. What jurisdiction is the woman from Guatemala under when she's giving birth illegally in this country? She's under the jurisdiction of Guatemala. And that's what the 14th Amendment reads. Number eight, abuse of the 16th Amendment in correlation with the 14th Amendment. A heavy progressive income tax. Again, this violates equal protection. When you tax me more than her. A heavy graduated personal income tax is right there in the Communist Manifesto and we've got it and they have abused the 16th Amendment. I have called for in the past, I'll call for it again, the abolition of the 16th Amendment. And number nine, these are more or less 27 on my list, abuse of the 25th Amendment, we're seeing that right now. And these people, these members of Congress, 
who are running around, it does horrible injustice to our Constitution, does horrible injustice to our young people saying, oh, 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment. There is a higher threshold to remove a president in the 25th Amendment, there is impeachment. Did you know that? I'm not going to get into the weeds. You can read the 25th Amendment. But it's going to take a two-thirds of both bodies of Congress to remove. And impeachment is a simple majority. Okay? It's not going to happen. And so all it does is damage uh, our process. So these are the grievances. The remedy, I touched on it in the video that you just saw of my speech on January 6th in Los Angeles. Um, It involves Convention of the States and triggering the Article 5. And on future broadcasts, we're going to get into that heavy. So this is the remedy. It's the remedy that framers of the Constitution gave us for we the people to take charge of an out-of-control federal leviathan ourselves, bypassing the elected officials. And this is a huge element, the most important element of the Second Declaration of Independence. It's the remedy. It's the, um, it's the execution of what the framers got us. And that's, and that's number three, really, also. And that is the method to achieve the remedy. And that is using the Constitution to fix um, a broken system. So we have 27 grievances. In 1776, we have at least 27 grievances, 245 years later. And so these are the grievances. In a nutshell, there are more, there are millions of examples of attacks against our constitutional republic and our liberty. But we've got to start bringing it together We've got to start coalescing what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're going to do it. And by God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go down fighting. And hopefully we don't go down. And we have to win this war. It's a war, as I said, we did not declare. They declared against us. But we have to defend our republic, we have to defend our constitution, we have to defend our liberty, we have to defend our families and future members of this republic. Because if we don't, it's over. We've lost it. It's a stark choice, but we're here in 2021. And if you'd like more information, go to GrahamLedger.com, and there you can answer the ledger register for this moment. And that is simply, would you support Donald Trump if he and other Republican leadership form a new constitutional political party? So we have a couple of choices there. The Republican Party is dead. I'm declaring the Republican Party dead. We can try and resuscitate the Republican Party. We had three choices, actually. We can try and resuscitate the Republican Party. I think it's dead. You know, there are going to be people who would try and resuscitate it. I don't believe it's possible. Um, We can form a new political party or, as I mentioned in my speech, how about co-opting an existing party? How about one that already has roots and identity? For example, the Libertarian Party. I'm not saying, hey, let's all go into the Libertarian Party. I'm just throwing it out there. I want people to start thinking about this. 
I'm not so smart and so self-absorbed as to believe that I have all the answers. I don't. But I want people to start thinking about where we go from here. Because clearly we're in a bad place. But clearly the framers of the Constitution gave us a remedy. And in my mind, we need a second declaration of independence rejecting government tyranny and a federal leviathan that is attacking us and is completely out of control. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger, and remember, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart.